car together, uh, we are able to read each other's lips and actually synchronize that for the very first time. I am 100% certain this phone is too far away from either of us to be picking up enough audio. I think that it's going to be fine. Everything's fine. It's raining and it's fine. Uh, do you want to tell everybody why we are in a car together? We are in a car together because we are headed to Carnation, Washington to participate in our annual tradition of Beat the Blurch, which isn't really our tradition. It's what's his butts tradition from the oatmeal. But we've gone, this is like our third time, maybe our fourth time? This third. is our third time. Anyway, we're in a car. We're heading up. We're going to stay in an Airbnb because we learned the hard way the first year that if we drove up, did the race, and then drove home the same day that we would literally die. And we're so so much older now, too. So we're uh, driving up right now, um, heading north, closer, ever inching to Canada. <laughs> Trudeau, wait for us. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> so handsome. <laughs> he could be anywhere in Canada. So we are, uh, besides being on the road and being in an automobile together, we're basically going to be recording a regular episode of this. Um, is it working? It's still recording. Okay. It's right up there on the screen. Good. This is the kind of thing that I can flag so that we can trim it later. Episode called Games Games Carry Plays. Uh, so the, the overarching theme of this episode was a, a bit of a stretch and it was just, oh, people in relationships and out of relationships play games surrounding the relationships and it, I don't remember how it ties in but it starts with Carrie's like obsessively talking about how uh, she's so glad that she and Big broke up, which is a thing that happened last time, and she was the best thing that ever happened to him, and it's so much better to be her than to be him. And she keeps saying something about, like, I was the poof, I'm the poof. What's the poof? Hold it flat. What does it mean? Closer to my face. It, she's the poof, like, she's the magic. So she was, like, the, the poof of smoke, and then the magical trick appears. Like, she's she's the special effect is what she's saying I see because I've understood poof to mean a gay man which I guess she could be maybe that doesn't apply to this uh, so she the, the overarching theme is that her friends finally get sick of her shit and tell her to go play her bullshit on a therapist and she doesn't agree uh, Kelly, did you feel personally attacked at all at any point in this episode? Okay, no. I know that you had to make me go to therapy, but I'm not anti-therapy. I'm not sitting there saying, I think therapy is fake. Or I'm not like fucking Charlotte who's like, I play tennis instead of going to therapy. It's just, it was a little bit of a, like, hurdle because it's a time commitment Carrie has nothing but fucking free time, so hers was just a stubbornness issue. So, no, I don't feel attacked, and I resent the implication. <laughs> but I did have to yell for years for you to take medicine and do talk therapy. Sure. How is talk therapy going? Um, pretty well. I still don't know precisely what I'm getting out of it other than just the process of talking and maybe that's what I'm getting out of it um 
there are a few situations where she has helped me with specific feedback on how I want to approach a situation um, and also some of the issues I've been dealing with at work. Um, we've been talking about setting expectations for myself. I'm on a project right now where the end goal is to try to make a thing better and we are working on adjusting my expectations that I may be doing all I can to make the thing better, but the thing might not get better. So that's that's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Um, I am also back in therapy. And I, well, I say I am back. I have spoken with my therapist a couple of times on the phone. And I have my first individual session in a couple of weeks, norovirus really wiped out a lot of my sick time that I had at work, and I want to be in a position where I don't have to put in extra hours to make up for going to see a doctor, even though that is what might just happen anyway. So, uh, for my therapy, I am working on a feedback that I've had from multiple people in life, and that is that my fight or flight is so geared to immediately fight anything for any reason, for fun or not fun or any any reason. Um, I am going to work on ratcheting that back a little bit and having like whatever reasonable reactions that people have are. That is fine. Thank God. <laughs> Yes, Kelly is definitely not one of the people who gave me that feedback. She is the person who gave me that feedback. But she is not the only person who's given me that feedback, which is why I'm I'm taking it on board. Okay, excuse me. You wouldn't take my feedback if I was the sole giver of that feedback. You okay, really- your perspectives are, you know, I don't I don't like to use the word hysterical and apply it to a woman, but a little extra. Move on. You're a little extra. Uh, so we're all in therapy. Therapy is great. And uh, we here at Sex Time are, unlike Charlotte, very pro-therapy. Um, Carrie's therapy office is like a weird round room. Like it's sort of hexagonal. It's a very... It's like they're having therapy at the bottom of a well. Like a really well-lit well. Um, so that's what I noticed about this episode. With, there's a cop coming up on our, le- on our left, right. So... Maybe so it's a cop. I don't know. Uh, I think it's just a truck. No, I think it's a cop. Okay, well we haven't done anything wrong that he knows about or that he can see. I think it's a cop. What are you worried about? I don't know if you have a phone held up to my face, it might appear. Um, That's not a cop. I don't know. It had a weird radio antenna. It says Astoria Ford on the. How could I have seen that in a rear view? It wasn't a cop. I could tell. Okay. What did I think of this? So, hold it. Thank you. (laughs) This is going to be a fucking mess of an episode. Um, I. They're all so shut up okay so um I felt some whoever wrote this I think may have had a legitimate experience with therapy because the therapist did the thing where you say a thing and it's an incomplete answer and she just doesn't talk so you have to fill the silence which is something my my therapist does is she just kind of waits for me to fucking do the thing I'm there to do but 
I think it was also a little unfair of the therapist to basically say the common denominator of all your bad relationships is you because of course it is. It's like you can swap yourself out. Um, so I felt that was a little too, um, cutting to the, cutting to the quick, uh, uh, like that was three minutes into her therapy session. She didn't get really much, any feedback or like broader strokes about what Carrie's life is like. And she just was straight up like, you're the reason your relationships suck. (laughs) So, yeah, but that's true though. I mean, if you have consistent experiences with people, you know, you're, you are the common denominator. Yeah, I mean, but give it more than three minutes before you just like gut punch someone. Well, oh, I mean, look at this show. This is not like a realistic depiction of anything. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what the late nineties were really like, but I don't think so. <laughs> Kelly just shrugged. Like the people can't hear that. <laughs> um, what did you think about Miranda's uh, little flirtation or so she thought with the guy across the, uh, in the building next to her, who apparently was hitting on the guy who lives below her? How, how could she have mistaken eye contact with somebody who was 10 feet below her? Like, he was very clearly making eye contact with her. I don't know how they expect that to be a believable scenario. Do you want to go and explain kind of what happened? Yeah, so she notices that the neighbor above her uh, in the building across the way or on the other half of her building set is, like, doing some flirty stuff with her and making eye contact and waving uh, and apparently reacting to her waving. And she... Like, it's, it's kind, seems like it's kind of a thrill, especially as he's wearing fewer and fewer items of clothing. And, like, she flashes one boob at him. And then she sees him in the store and says, well, I'm going to be an adult. And, like, hi, uh, I'm Cynthia Nixon. I'm introducing myself to you. And he says, oh, yeah, you live uh, below the guy that I've been cruising. And she's... She's sad, I think. I think she's mortified. I think she's mortified. Um, gosh, Miranda just doesn't really get a good... Gets kind of a short shrift in all of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Constantly. The hair, the clothes, the plot lines. She's kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. And, I, you know, she's also the most sensible one. Samantha might also be in contention for being uh, sensible. I mean, she's very like driven by her impulses, but she's also like not lying to herself nearly as much as the other women are. Yeah, they go out to a sports bar on sports night. There's just a bunch of single heterosexual men, and she makes a joke that's like, talk about sport night, Um, because the men are her sport, and I laughed. And then I died. <laughs> so it, hurt, it, it hurts your soul that you have said the same thing? Yes. I didn't say it said the same thing, but that of the characters on there, you have one <laughs> that is somewhat relatable to you. Well, so she's like, I, I don't know, maybe this is ageist, but she's in her 
late 40s, early 50s? No. She's, I think, early 40s in the show. She's early 40s. Um, and, I mean, I, I said that exact same thing when I was in community college, so... I don't know. The point is that she's terrible and I'm terrible and I'm not sorry. Um, um, th- this episode was mercifully free of Charlotte. Uh, I mean, not 100% free of her, but nothing really stood out other than she is, like, so waspy that she doesn't believe in therapy. So, congratulations, Charlotte. You're fine. You have tennis in your life. Yep. So that is the episode. Oh no, wait. Carrie sleeps with some guy that she met in in her therapist's waiting room. And I completely missed like what the reason that he was in therapy for oh, was. I, yeah. Okay, so first before we get to that, do you recognize who the actor is? Bon Jovi. Who is also in Boogie Nights. 30 Rock. Oh yeah. And this is right after an episode with Will Arnett, who was also in 30 Rock. But It's so funny because I actually thought when I was watching this, like, what is with all of these late 90s Bon Jovi-looking motherfuckers? <laughs> um, I didn't know that was actually Bon Jovi. It was Bon Jovi. Okay, do you... Um, so the reason he was in therapy is that he loses interest in women as soon as he sleeps with them. Oh, I, I thought it must be something ironic like that. That's a strange thing to be in therapy for over a year for. Well, it must be a persistent issue. I guess so. Fix yourself, Bon Jovi. Okay, so that was Sex and the City. Anything else to add? Uh, no. The season's almost over. Thank God. Yeah, so we'll be into season three, which is better. Is it better? We still have another episode of this season, I think. Um, but I believe, yeah, I think uh, I think we have more than one because I looked ahead and it looked like it just keeps going. Well, whatever. We're in it until we die anyway, so. Yeah. Um, did you have anything that you liked in this episode? That's a question that you get to answer. What did you like? I said I liked Samantha's joke and I laughed and I died. Oh, that doesn't sound like you liked it. It sounds like you had like a, like a, no, I laughed at it. Oh, okay. I thought it was an aversion, but, um, no, I, I was like, that's good, you know, wordplay. I, um, I don't like, I didn't like anything. (laughs) All right. Um, so moving on to Adventure Time, the episodes that we watched were the second half of that one with the Lich and Heat Signature. Do you want to give a summary of the conclusion to the Lich arc? Okay, but you need to really hold it closer to my mouth. Well, not like, can you hold it like, (laughs) uh, this is uncomfortable because I feel like my head wants to turn. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, you're not taking a picture of this, are you? Not of your face. Okay. Um, let's put a flag right here. Okay. I have to open it. You 
you know. Wow, it says we've only been recording for 16 minutes. Is that possible? Yeah. Oh, God, it feels like so much longer. Okay, go on. Okay, so the second half of the, um, the story with the lich is that we ended the last episode with Princess Bubblegum falling into the well while being dropped into the well by the Ice King. And um, they rush her into the hospital in the Candy Kingdom. And there's like Dr. Ice Cream Cone and Nurse Pound Cake. And she's uh, basically like a purple slime. And um, they start to cure her with, with uh, scoops of sugar. And um, she recovers to enough of her form that they think she's fine again, especially... Finn, um, he's convinced that she's like, she just needs to rest, but she's like back to herself. So, but she looks a little pallid and, um, she seems very like flat, very like monotone. Um, and Jake is like concerned. Um, Peppermint Butler is hella concerned. He's got like, he's like freaked the hell out by this. He knows things are up. Um, so Princess Bubblegum asks Finn, whispers to Finn, um, for some things, and, um, Jake is like, this is not a good idea, the things are like bleach and ammonia and like... Princess things. Princess things, according to Finn. Um, she also had lit the room on fire with her brain, um, and Finn is like unconcerned by that anything is her problem. Um, Princess Bubblegum mixes the concoction of all of these chemicals and she like drinks it and becomes this gigantic um, black monster, not in a racial way. Like she turns like a, like a spider. <laughs> yeah, it's very like, um, it was very Miyazaki, like an homage to some of those monsters, like the forest spirit in Princess Mononoke. I haven't seen Princess Mononoke, but, um, I've seen Spirited Away, but yeah, kind of like this horrendous, like, uh, warped hominid thing. Um, uh, once they figure out that there's an issue, the Ice King is like, oh yeah, I figured, I saw what happened. Oh, they've been like totally repulsed by him and have kind of like shut him out of this entire process and called him an old man. But um, he saw that when she was in the well, the lich possessed her. So she is under the control of the lich. Um, She's huge. She's busted out of the castle. And she's in the middle of the, like the town square of the Candy Kingdom. And they need the Ice King to freeze her to stop her so they can figure out what to do. They freeze her. It seems like this is a solution. She topples over and breaks into like a thousand pieces. So they have to, (laughs) it's kind of kind of grotesque because you see like cross sections of her innards and stuff um like bones uh, <laughs> uh they, it's, it's not a children's show for the weak well i mean who's to say if a child is weak um i am i think all children are weak i can lift way more than they can okay <laughs> um they rush to reassemble her and they're putting her back together um like sticking like pieces with like because she's made of bubble gum um and it turns out that they don't have quite enough of her parts to fully um combine her back into her previous self what they do come up with is princess Bubblegum, but younger age 13 which is the same age as finn 
and it ends on a kind of charming note that she is now age appropriate for Finn and that's kind of where we leave it yeah and she throws her arms around Finn and says like my hero and it's nice and the ice king says I'm out and just flies off through a window yeah I'm about to catch a creditor in myself right now. Yeah, which is a relief that it's not like an Adventure Time Dateline crossover. Yeah. So, what? Uh, because we didn't record together last week, what did you think of the Lich that I've mentioned before? Um, oh, there, it looks like there was an accident up ahead. Uh, the Lich is pretty horrifying. Um, the way that uh, he got into Finn's head in the previous episode was really um like visceral like this show does a really good job of depicting like literal horror um I mean in a short way that is not totally inappropriate for children but it's still pretty like uh you can like kind of feel what the characters are feeling in those situations so yeah the lich is a scary dude or is it a dude? I don't know. I'm not going to give gender to a lich. Uh, yeah, the lich is... Well, the, the lich is voiced by Ron Perlman throughout the series. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm going to say dude. Sure. It's referred to as uh, he, him with pronouns. Right, what did you think? Uh, um, this was... I mean, this set of episodes is, I think, where you really realize that the show means business, and it's not just a cutesy show that sometimes sort of skirts into uh, darkness now and then. It deals with some very, very tangible, like, tangible evil that they then have to face. And as I have mentioned, uh, I just watched the season finale, kind of on on that. Uh, I'm a broken person. And I will never be the same again. I'm completely wrecked. And yeah, it's a good show. And someday we will be talking about the finale episode. But that's a few years from now. So I've got some time to process it before I have to watch it again. Um, yeah, this is... I, I can. Th- this show feels so much different than the kind of like one-off just absurdist things that happened in season one um it's this is the first time we've had an episode with a real cliffhanger like that um there's a bigger i think emphasis on continuity and developing these relationships and um like we saw in a couple previous episodes we're starting to get more mention of the times that uh humans existed and um allusions to what happened to the humans Yeah, we've now heard at least once about the Great Mushroom War, which I think we can all figure out what that means. Oh, like atomic bomb? Yeah. I didn't put it together. I thought, like, maybe the humans got wiped out with, like, um, a species of spore-derived plant-like matter. Now, based on the wreckage that we've seen, the first time I heard that, I was like, oh... We destroyed ourselves with hydrogen bombs. So that might explain a little bit about all of these weird creatures um, being a process of mutations from radiation, perhaps. I don't know. 
I don't want to ascribe logic to a show that's really not based in logic, like proudly so. It's not supposed to be logical. It's supposed to be fantastical. But I mean, like these are people candy. So <laughs> it, it has in-universe logic, which is what fantastical shows and series of books need to have. That's why, um, you know, some comic books work. Saga is full of absurdities, but it works because it follows an in-universe logic. And Batman does not work because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Real quick, um, can you just explain why you hate Batman so much? Because, uh, like, Batman is so universally loved and you're, like, the only person I know who critiques it. Uh, Yeah, and it is actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, it is legitimately today on uh, whatever the day is called. Sunday, Saturday, September 15th is World Batman Day. Honest to God, World Batman Day. It's all over the place. Uh, So I do not like Batman because I don't understand this universe where um, this egocentric bazillionaire puts on a suit and goes out with gadgetry to, like, play little boy games with these bananas supervillains that apparently he can lock up in an asylum, but they keep escaping and, like, it's his asylum, and they keep escaping so that he can go have little boy adventures. And it's... I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why not attack the systemic poverty or, you know, do do good in Gotham? And I've heard from multiple people that, like, oh, but he turned the manor into an orphanage for boys. It's like, I don't know. The whole thing's just a weird ego trip. Whatever. But, okay, that may be, but why don't you also have that criticism for other heroes? Why specifically Batman? I mean... Like, what other heroes, though? Superman? I mean, why is it so important to him that his identity is kept secret? Yeah, maybe this is, like, a DC problem. Maybe it's a DC problem. I don't know. I just... I... I, I think I've enjoyed Marvel much more than I've enjoyed DC, but I still can't keep up with any of it because it's just too fucking much. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. Like, Black Panther was all about, I mean, not all about, but a good deal of Black Panther was, is it right and just to have kept Wakanda isolated and therefore not share the wealth of Wakanda with other areas that need to be developed at a higher rate? Like, is it okay to have this, like, proverbial, uh, like, I don't know, ivory tower within a continent that was ravaged by colonialism. So, I I like that, I guess I like that that moral question was brought up, and I'm not used to seeing like, legitimate discussions about class and privilege coming up in superhero films, so I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. (laughs) Uh, I heard recently that the guy who played... Uh, T'Challa, whose name I... it's uh, Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, I was going to say Chadley Bosley. Chadwick Boseman uh, is the reason that the Wakandans have more of a traditional African accent uh, because the uh, showrunners were considering should they have an American accent or a British accent? 
And he went, no, 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 no. And that's why they've got the, like, the distinctly Wakandan accent. Because they were never colonized. Yeah, what were we? <laughs> we're talking about Adventure Time. Uh, yeah, so we uh, so we've got uh, Adventure Time going forward into the third season with a 13-year-old Princess Bubblegum and a 13-year-old Finn. That's pretty cute. And who knows what else we'll get into. The Lich didn't really... I think the Lich was in that snail. Right, yeah. They zoomed in on the snail, and the snail had, like, lichy eyes. It was, like, uh, waving his fist and, like, I'll get you <laughs> type of uh, epithet or whatever. So that's... I really think that something went awry because that very much feels like the season ender. Um, but then there's another episode called Heat Signature mm-hmm. about Finn and Jake going to Marceline's house in the cave with a VHS of a movie called Heat Signature and Marcy's got her three ghost friends and Finn and Jake try to jump on the couch to watch the film and the couch sucks. It's like old and full of rocks because Marcy doesn't actually sit on the couch she just kind of floats and they can't float because they're not vampires so they ask to be turned into vampires. She, she decides to play a, a joke on them and she pretends to turn them into vampires and they're like so into it and she's running them through all these vampire tests so that the, the ghosts can have like a, a jolly little laugh but the ghosts take things too far and almost get them like flat killed a few times what did you think about this episode? Um, I thought it was good I think it shows a consistent a characteristic of Marceline that she is uh, like, she really loves a good joke. She's definitely a prankster at heart. But when it comes down to it, um, she will get serious and, um, you know, not let her friends be sacrificed for the sake of a joke. Um, what happens towards the end with the ghosts is that uh, they convince uh, Finn and Jake to jump off a ledge, a very high ledge, so that they can start to fly. Um, and the, jo- the, the the ghosts are like, yeah, we're just going to let them die. And so Marceline... Um, jumps off as well but she turns herself invisible and catches Finn and Jake right towards the end um, so that they still are believing that they have actually legitimately flown so she's she's striking that balance of like keeping the illusion up but also like not letting her friends die but ultimately at the end um, they the ghosts want to have a party in which they suck out Finn and Jake's guts through their brains which I don't even know the mechanics of that um, she tries to persuade Finn and Jake not to go uh, because she knows the true nature of what the party's about. Um, and they were like, yeah, we're too tired. We're not going to go. And then they totally go. And then they start getting like murdered. <laughs> um, and in that process, uh, it turns out that Marceline cannot beat the ghosts. It's like a rock, paper, scissors thing, she says. So they just kind of like resign themselves to die. Um, and Finn says, it's like all of this because I wanted to be comfortable when we're watching Heat Signature. And then they goes to like, oh, Heat Signature. <laughs> and then and then they're going to go watch Heat Signature um, back on the same uncomfortable couch. Yeah, so it ends with them just sitting. 
very uncomfortably on the couch and the ghosts and Marceline is just uh, like having their, their rapt attention on heat signature which seems to be a scary movie about a submarine crew where the submarine crew is looking for the enemy ship's heat signature and they find it but they can't find their own heat signature Ooh. <laughs> so this one um, was a little more whimsical and um, obviously it got a little dark because like Finn and Jake definitely could have been killed in this process um, but uh, ultimately the, the priority everybody had was a good time even if like everybody's definition of a good time was very different so this was a fun episode. Definitely shouldn't have been the season ender. I'm not convinced that it is. Or maybe it was. Maybe the idea was that it shouldn't end on like such a dramatic cliffhanger. But no, that's crazy because of the way some of the other seasons end. Anyway, uh, overall it was a fun episode. The ghosts are were kind of odd. One of them was voiced by the guy who was Kevin from The Office. Oh, Okay. And Kevin from The Office was in one of my favorite office openers when he spilled that chili everywhere. <laughs> uh, I love slapstick. I, I don't usually, but that is a classic opener. <laughs> it's, it's too funny not to be. <laughs> the, the absolute best office opener and some of the best few minutes in TV history is definitely in The Office when Dwight... Um, used PowerPoint to do fire safety lecture and he shouldn't have used PowerPoint. PowerPoint's boring. So he locks the doors and starts a fire in the office and then throws fireworks into it. And it's it's like three minutes of just complete chaos. And I laughed so hard and I have gone back and just watched that part over and over again and I love it. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I actually, um, there's a few episodes of The Office I haven't seen from, I think, the first season. And it's been so long since I've um, seen any of The Office. I'm probably going to do a rewatch at some point, And that will be an episode I very much look forward to getting to because the fire drill is so, <laughs> so bananas funny. Um, one of the best moments in TV, like, full stop. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just... Like, uh, one of them throws, like, an overhead projector through the window and just starts screaming for help. And one of them breaks the vending machine and just starts grabbing snacks from the vending machine. And it's just everybody frantically moving at cross purposes. Uh, God, I just love the chaos so much. So should we do... Uh, shout outs or pop culture? Uh, let's do pop culture. Okay, you do pop culture first. Um, I don't know if I've brought this up before. I probably have, but who gives a fuck? It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. It's my show. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to plug again uh, the YouTube channel, Simply Nail Logical. It's, uh, she starts, starts off 
like in her early episodes doing legit nail art and now she's just doing kind of absurdist humor like she did a manicure on herself today using tiny hands and it was just really funny um so I love it I love it and uh holographic glitter is really as good as she says it is is um Dadaism really back do you think I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think I could tell you exactly what Dadaism is. <laughs> so, sure. I think it's back. I like it. Okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like very elaborately absurd. Well, I, this isn't quite like that. Like, it's not, it's not like, uh... Tom goes to the mayor type of shit. Like, it's still, it's, like, slightly absurd, but it's not, like, um, I don't know, weird 2 a.m. adult swim shows or something like that. Those are the legit, like, out of the norm type of things. That was a cop. Yeah, I know. You're not speeding, though, so that's fine. Yep. He's still there. That's fine. What's your pop culture? Um, so my pop culture, I think, is going to be Fantagram. I don't know if I have mentioned that before. Uh, Fantagram is a sort of electronic pop, like, house dance kind of band. Uh, for some reason, they will rotate through, like, my Spotify suggestions every now and then. And a couple of weeks ago, I listened to a playlist that was basically on their channel. It's just their entire discography uh, shuffled in a pretty pleasing manner. And I I don't know how uh, I keep getting Spantagram suggestions because my normal listening cycle throughout the week is like the Mountain Goats and Mitski. Uh, and now Fantagram. So I've just been listening to this one Fantagram playlist that is their entire discography uh, on repeat for like, I don't know, two weeks. I like Fantagram. Um, they remind me of, um, like, they're clearly contemporary, but there's also some elements that remind me of, um, like, trip hop from, like, like massive attacks peak and like tricky and a few other things like there's elements of of trip hop in there that uh, a, a little bit of like like just like was, the better parts of moby sure but i was thinking a little bit more about like the instrumentation that you'd find on like um portis head albums stuff that i listened to when i was in high school and was like why don't people like me? It's like, oh, because you listen to fucking Portishead instead of Backstreet Boys. That might be a part of it. But now I know that I'm I'm cool for having listened to Trip Hop when I was a teenager. <laughs> so, uh, people might still don't like the bands that I listened to in high school, <laughs> except for Modest Mouse. They really blew up. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I stopped listening to them after they got cool. Whatever. <laughs> well. You liked Elliot Smith, right? Yeah. I mean, that's about as cool as you can get, especially in Portland, is being, like, into Elliot Smith. Yeah, into Elliot Smith um, before Goodwill Hunting. That's saying something. <laughs> uh, so that is, those are our pop cultures, is Nailology and Fantagram. Simply Nailogical. Simply Nailogical and Fantagram. 
Maybe we'll listen to Fantagram later. Maybe we'll watch some Simply Neological videos. Oh my god, will you absolutely, will you? Yeah. Will you watch Simply Neological with me? Yeah, I will. I might have like headphones on or be texting, but sure. I mean, we can have it on. Okay. Are you happy? I mean, you're texting most of the time you talk to me anyway, so. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So I'll hold this sort of in the middle, and then maybe we should actually shout our shout-outs. Okay. Okay, ready? Shout-outs. Emily! Taylor! Kristen! uh, Will! Jordan! Chelsea! Lisa! Will! Sam! Did you say Chelsea? Yeah, I did. Chelsea! Kristen! Lisa! I don't know anyone else. Oh, <laughs> uh, Aaron. My friend Aaron, who follows us on Twitter. Oh yeah, now. we have a new Twitter follower. Aaron. Yeah. Oh, I miss him so much. Uh everyone who listens who we don't know about. Yeah, all the Russian bots who keep liking our podcast or whatever, but not following us on Twitter. Suspish. Suspish. Okay. Okay. Well, well, I think that's just about it for us. Where can people find us? Uh, people can find us on Twitter. We are at SextimePod. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash sextimepodcast. Just look up sextimepodcast. I don't think we have a URL. We don't really do... It's This is not the medium. Facebook is not the medium for this. Find us on Twitter. Please interact with us on Twitter. Uh, Taylor hasn't He's, he's been busy, so he hasn't really been chatting with us. We're very lonely. So get with us on Twitter and eventually, uh, maybe, uh, on Instagram, if Emily ever remembers that she said she'd do that. <laughs> All right, so um, find us there and we will absolutely interact with you. We love attention. And this, oh, well, it's not going to be, because by the time it's going to be over. We actually have an Instagram account that's separate, but it doesn't matter. It's aggressively underscore hygge at nothing, because Instagram, how does it work? It's just like a Twitter handle, right? Yeah, just look up the thing. Yeah, look up the thing I just said. And you'll find a bunch of pictures of us from this weekend. And I don't know, maybe this is finally the weekend where we'll just make our own sex time Instagram. Then I'll neglect to run it. All right. Let me do this before I get for editing later. Uh, thank you for listening. And we'll, we'll talk at you next time on sex time. <laughs>